Hey, this is Kion Wolf. I'm here with Betsy Kaplan in your podcast feed saying thanks for tuning in, first of all. And please keep this podcast going by calling 1-800-584-2788 or by going to wnpr.org slash donate. That's the place where you become a member or you renew your membership. And most importantly, you keep us going. And we can't do this without you. Kion and I, along with the, the rest of our team, put on the Colin McEnroe Show every day of the week for you because we love to do this for you and we love the show as well. So give us a call, 1-800-584-2788 or go online at wnpr.org. Enjoy the show. Georgia, Georgia, Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Georgia on my mind, Georgia, Georgia, a song, a song of you comes as sweet and clear as moonlight through the pines, through the pines. Other arms reach out to me, other eyes smile tenderly, still in peaceful dreams I see the road. Georgia, love that Georgia, Georgia, no, no peace I find. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Georgia, Georgia. That was the four neat guys uh, singing Georgia <laughs> on my mind. Actually, they don't really have a – this is sort of an amazing thing. Uh, we're already into amazing things now. But So today on the show, uh, we wanted to showcase the tradition of a barbershop uh, quartet singing, both its male and female versions. Uh, and the way things worked out, we didn't get uh, one intact uh, quartet either on the men or the women's side. So these people are able to meet each other in the lobby and the waiting room and just figure out how to do this, which just completely amazes me. So uh, we're going to tell you as the show goes along here who it is that you've been hearing. Uh, but they're not all from one group. They don't all practice together and they just people can figure these things out. And I, I marvel at it. Anyway, uh, also joining us, I should say, by by uh, from KWMU in St. Louis is David Wright, arranger, a composer of vocal music, barbershop historian, uh, and professor emeritus at mathematics uh, of mathematics and, st and statistics at Washington University in St. Louis. I'm going to grab another piece of paper here. There's a lot of paperwork for the show. Uh, and I'm going to tell you who's sitting around uh, the table with me. We've got you know, uh, quite a few singers here, to, so we can't have them all on mic at the same time. Sebastian Massa is the director of uh, Hartford Men in Harmony uh, and the lead in the Barbershop Quartet, Greenlight Quartet. You heard him and three other voices whom you'll hear about as we uh, go along here. Also with us, uh, Karen Sweeters, director of Harmony on the Sound Chorus and Bass in the Barbershop Quartet, 
keyed up. And uh, Patty, uh, I'm going to screw this up. Patty Lavernowich. Lavernowich? Did I do it? Yes. Patty Lavernowich, marketing coordinator for Harmony on the Sound Chorus and bass in the Barbershop Quartet. No strings attached. Okay, that's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in today. But, you know, really just introducing people. We probably are going to run out of time here. So, But we're going to do it anyway. So I want to just maybe begin, maybe since we've heard the singers, David Wright, I'm going to turn to you and, and say, is there some kind of platonic ideal, some kind of platonic form that, that either d- decides what is or isn't this particular style of singing? Well, it's, it's basically a harmonizing around a melody, and that's really the, bega- the way it began. It began as improvisation. We don't exactly know when it began, somewhere back in the 1800s, uh, but it was well intact by the turn of the 20th century. It began by uh, four, four men, or sometimes women actually, uh, standing around the street corner in a bar room out in the cornfield, somewhere uh, totally amateur music, not on a professional stage, with people just harmonizing uh, along with a, a not-too-complicated melody. And they began to develop a, se- a series of ear harmonies. And those things eventually worked their way into American music. There's a good case that uh, barbershop music was the the antecedent and the trigger that might have caused New Orleans jazz, for example, where the players began by just playing by ear, by using their ear to put in harmony parts. So it's really very similar. Well, that, A, explains how they were so able, even though they don't all belong to the same quartet, to figure out how to sing together. It also explains why we found Karen Sweeters in a cornfield. Uh, and our producer, Deb Timms, found her standing out there. And we didn't know. We didn't understand. You were, you were just going back well, to your roots. I was getting an ear. Right. Oh. oh. It, it is ear harmony. All right. Karen is off the show for now. She's not allowed to talk anymore. Um, so, um, so, Patty, do you call what you guys do barbershop quartet singing or is it Sweet Adeline's or I mean how, well, how does that what's the women's version of this go by yeah well uh, we are all part of Sweet Adeline's International which mm. is one of two women's um, international organizations in uh, in the world the other one is Harmony Inc and mm. uh, we have a lot of friends um, in the you know with those gals as well um, our chapter of Sweet Adeline's is Harmony on the Sound Chorus and we are in southwestern Connecticut in Fairfield County. All right. So, do you, so you, Karen, you wouldn't necessarily use the word barbershop? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you we do? sing okay. barbershop. Oh, yeah, we sing barbershop. Okay. Sorry about that. Do you have, like, stripey shirts and boaters and stuff like that? or uh, In the closet. Yeah. In the closet. All right, yeah. yeah. Stored out in the cornfield. So, you know, Sebastian, I think probably a lot of people wonder... And, you know, I mean, you, I'm looking at you, you probably grew up in the age of the Beatles and maybe uh, after. And uh, definitely after. Definitely after. <laughs> so, so, I mean, Barbershop Quartet wouldn't be at the top of a lot of people's lists to the things that they are going to gravitate towards. So, yeah, so instead of like a Pearl Jam tribute band, you're in Barbershop Quartet. How did that happen? Well, uh, actually, one of the guys that uh, sang the the song you heard at the mm-hmm. opening of the show, uh, the baritone, his name is Dwayne. He was in a quartet called Sound Policy, also from the chapter that I now direct. Um, and they would that quartet would come into my high school, Farmington High School, every year and uh, sing a f- couple songs for the men's ensemble, pass think, out free I show tickets. I think that was to warn kids against barbershop sing- singing. It was like a say no to drugs kind of assembly. I think you might have gotten the wrong message. I mean, we said no to dr- we said no to hard drugs. Said yes to harmony drugs. There you go. Uh, that's for sure. But it, so is sound policy some kind of Hartford insurance joke? I feel like it probably is. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah, you guys, you you barbershop quartet people and your jokes. Uh, I hadn't I hadn't imagined uh, that was so, so part of it. So I mean, I don't know, but it's, it's still 
And I mean, I think it's great, and I love hearing you guys and stuff. But still, you're in high school, and it must have been a little bit of a slightly, ever so slightly, uncool thing to think about doing. I mean, I've been uncool my whole life, so <laughs> no. But I mean, a part of it for me was just as somebody who it really enjoyed music. It's they they sang chords really well, and I just my ear went, I want to do that. And then throughout the process of being a barbershopper, I found that. The songs were songs that had lyrics that I could identify with and, and you know, just found more and more enjoyment as I kind of sunk deeper and deeper into the barbershop uh, idiom. So, David Wright, I have to ask, I mean, uh, this would seem to be a, a style of music, which, I mean, people still like it. You still see it and hear it occasionally. The Music Man is being performed not far from us right now at the Good Speed and uh, I know Hugh Jackman, I think, is doing a restage of it in, the, in Broadway. Anytime something like that happens or Jimmy Fallon and some people come out in a striped jacket, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a reminder of barbershop quartets. But how, how I, I don't know, is, barbers, do, is this style of music one that, that still struggles to kind of stay alive and find new people to do it? Not really. You know, everything old is new again. And uh, there are these huge youth festivals that are going on all over the country that involve boys and girls where they come together to sing uh, barbershop music, and they're taught barbershop music. Sometimes they're also taught a choral piece or a non-barbershop piece as well. <clears throat> but the kids like the barbershop. And interestingly enough, uh, a lot of times what the young people like is the traditional barbershop. We have all kinds of arrangements of newer songs, you know, like Titanium and things like that, and they like that too. But sometimes the kids' favorite song is Goodbye My Coney Island Baby. Uh, so it's, it's, it, it's, it, it is cool. I think kids like it. Uh, teachers are liking it uh, in the schools because the kids like it. So anything the kids like, the, the, the music teachers like. A lot of good stuff is going on, and also it's being accepted more and more by uh, other musical organizations like uh, uh, the American Choral Directors Association. It has a very good relationship with the Barbershop Harmony Society and with Sweet Adelines. So there's a lot of barbershop music happening amongst young people in the schools and, and in society. So, uh, Sebastian, I'm going to have you and the rest of the Colin McEnroe Barbershop Quartet step up, step up to the mic. You're going to demonstrate, I think, sort of how, how you create that, that harmony. While he's doing this, that, um, I'll ask you, Karen. I don't know. For me, I went through a really bad period when Liam and Harry were not getting along in one direction. You know, they were feuding. And, and I know this happens in boy bands a lot, and I don't know if it happens in girl bands. And, um, and uh, But, I mean, you're in a quartet. I don't know. Does everybody always get along? I mean, that are, I guess you, you oh, better yeah. be. Yeah, you better time. be in the quartet with people you like anyway, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. It's like any relationship. Um, you're working together. It's it's not just friendship. It's how do you work together yeah. because you're interlocking your voices and you're working around what you'll hear in a few minutes, uh, the four different voice parts and how they relate to each other in the chord. So, uh, yeah, there's like any relationship. There's always, you know, glitches, yeah. shall we say. I know when you started dating Yoko, there were problems, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so they're up there and they're ready. They're going to do actually a K-pop song uh, for you right now. Uh, it'll be entirely in Korean. You may not recognize everything. So, no, I guess you guys are going to just show us how you arrive uh, at the, these kinds of harmonies or something like that. So uh, the first thing you need in any good barbershop song, like David Wright pointed out, uh, is you need a good melody. So Eric behind me is actually our melody singer right now. He's going to show you a, an old song melody for you. Heart of my heart, I love you. 
life would be not without you. So that's just a little bit of a melody. We'll sing the and whole song. By the song. way, that is totally a K-pop song. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, we'll, we'll sing the whole song later, but to layer that in, we need some foundational harmony. And our foundational harmony singer is the bass singer because we are all about that bass. So we're going to put those two parts together, just that little snippet, and what you're going to get is this. Heart of my heart, I love you. Life would be not without you. So we can hear how those two parts kind of gravitate towards each other. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the next harmony part we're going to add is, and what makes barbershop a bit more distinct from other forms, is the tenor part, which harmonizes above the melody. I'm going to sing the tenor part, so the three parts sound like this. Heart of my heart, I love you. Life would be not without you. Yay, we're almost there. We just need one more part, and that's the part that fills in all the other missing notes. We call that part the baritone part. Dwayne's our baritone singer, and he's going to make this chord sound full and rich. Heart of my heart, I love you. Life would be not without you. And you've got Barbershop. We'll sing the rest of that song later, but uh, that's, that's how we get from melody to harmony. Actually, we've got to go to a break right now, so I'm going to have you just like sing the first few bars of it just to get us into that break. I can forget you never, from you I ne'er can sever, say you'll be mine I'm Betsy Kaplan here with Kion Wolf, taking just a few seconds out of this podcast that you're listening to of The Colin McEnroe Show. Uh, you can't listen to it or you choose not to listen to it during the day and the evening, but you're going to be rewarded for that because we're not going to be speaking to you as long about asking you to, to donate to the show. But we do need that support. We can't do this without you. So please give us a call, 1-800-584-2788, or go online at WNPR.org and keep this programming going. Now, it's possible that while you're listening to this podcast, Betsy Kaplan is figuring out the next show. <laughs> so, <laughs> or so, not. Or not. Oh, please take a break for once, Betsy Kaplan. But please show Betsy your support. Show us your support. This is the way that you send us a message that you want us to keep going. They do pay attention to those pledges we for do. this show. And when you call 1-800-584-2788 or you go to wnpr.org slash donate, you can write in the little box what you think. And they do pay attention to that stuff. So please give us the rating that is your membership by yes. calling 1-800-584-2788, wnpr.org slash donate. And let's get back to the podcast. Thank you. I've been watching you. A la 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 long. A la 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 long. Long, 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 long. Such a lonely long. A la 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 long. A la la la. 
That, of course, is Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Fallon has started this group uh, called the Ragtime Gals, uh, and it's become kind of a running gag, I guess you would say, uh, on his show. But a lot of other people are showing up now. Tina Fey, uh, Steve Carell, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, people like that uh, are showing up. And they do, the, they do it full on with the straw boaters and the, and the stripey uh, jackets and stuff like that. And that's what we're talking about and celebrating today, too, is that style of singing. Uh, loosely, uh, or perhaps strictly, known as uh, barbershop. So, um, so Patty, uh, I'm going to start back with you here, uh, and and I want to talk a little bit more about. So, David described this in the in the previous segment as what started out as a male type of singing. So, how did women get involved in this? Or or were women actually doing it the whole time and just not not telling the men about it? No, the women didn't actually start until the 1940s. Um, a group of women got together because their husbands were singing barbershop mm-hmm. and they wanted something to do and they were interested in uh, trying to ring some chords themselves and uh, they got a group together in Tulsa, Oklahoma and um, just started singing and then eventually developed from there and within the first year they had 80 members in their, uh, in their group. Um, and, and, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's okay. And okay. then it just it developed from there. So, David, I, I know that there have been sort of moments in recent history where various barbershop harmony organizations have tried to figure out whether to sort of open up to women or uh, how has that gone? I mean, uh, do the women want, to, want their own organization or is everybody under one umbrella now? Well, uh, you know, first of all, let me just say that that uh, women singing this kind of music goes back a little further than the beginning of Sweet Adeline's. Uh, you know, there was an active vaudeville circuit uh, at the turn of the 20th century, and there were actually female quartets that sang on that. They also recorded. So the idea of women singing this music uh, is, is pretty old concept. What's kind of developed uh, more and more in recent times is mixed quartet singing uh, mm. because, you know, usually because of timbre reasons, barbershop works best with the four voices being the same gender. It's just because of blend. But a lot of uh, groups now are learning how to achieve this with mixed voices, two men, two women, or one and three and three and one, or three and one. So, so that creates a lot of uh, interesting questions for the whole organized barbershop community because we have uh, many uh, all-male organizations around the world. We have uh, uh, a few all-female organizations around the world. But in Europe, uh, the concept of just mixed barbershop with uh, organizations that embrace and welcome both males and females has gotten to be popular, especially in Germany and in Holland, now in uh, uh, Fr- uh, uh, France and Spain as well. So um, it's not clear what we should do. The Barbershop Harmony Society has recently opened up its membership to include uh, women. Uh, uh, Some women might like that. Other women might feel more empowered to be a part of an all-women's organization, such as Sweet Adelines or Harmony Incorporated. So, you know, it's whatever one wants to do. And I would say the Barbershop Harmony Society's opening up to women is very much a work in progress. It remains the the jury's out on how that's going to work and also how it's going to affect the whole barbershop community. Well, I'd also like to point out that during the 1980s, a number of the East German Sweet Adelines turned out to be men. And uh, 
when they were tested, it turned out it was kind of an <laughs> ugly scandal that people are probably trying to put in the past now. But so why don't we have our uh, women's I'm group a lot from this? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I try to teach as much as I ask. That, that's going to go so in my barbershop history course. We're going to get the women all assembled uh, up here. Uh, and uh, but it looks like uh, Karen's staying with me. So are you going to tell them what they're going to do? Tell me what they're going to do. Tell us what they're going to do. <laughs> they're going to sing. They're going to sing. But you were telling me before this is not necessarily part of the barbershop repertoire. Well, you know, it is part of the barbershop art form. It's just not a song that is atypically it, – it's atypical of the what people think of as barbershop. What the guys just did, Heart of My Heart, is something we are fighting against all the time in the sense that people think of barbershop and they do think of floral geezers by, by the, the streetlight singing these – late 1800s, early 1900s songs, when Barbershop is very much today with the number of songs that we can arrange into the Barbershop style, Barbershop art form. So that's what they're going to be singing, um, I Only Want to Be With You, and it is arranged in four-part Barbershop harmony. All right, so this is uh, Jackie DeShannon tune and other people too. Uh, I should just introduce them by process of elimination. Well, Patty Lavernowitz, you've already met. Uh, Linda Cupson, uh, Annette Landry, and Elaine Toeso are up here to sing the lovely Courtney Love ballad. No, it's not actually. Um, <laughs> it's not that modern. Um, I only want to be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, how about a big round of applause here in the studio for the Curling Irons. 
I give them a name. Uh, well, they need a name, right? I, I, th- that was just amazing. I mean, you guys sounded like you've been singing together for the last 12 years as opposed to since 12 noon, which is, I think, when you actually Well, we all uh, sing in the same chorus. Right, so. so you have some familiarity yeah. with each other. Um, he, you know, uh, David Wright, I just want to go back to the thing you were saying before about that notion uh, of maybe blending men and women together in, in this kind of uh, style. I mean, obviously, the Manhattan Transfer, you know, other groups like that did it a long time ago, but with a jazz repertoire. So you, do you, have you worked on these kinds of arra- arrangements, David? And if so, what are the challenges? Yes. Uh, the challenge is very simple. <clears throat> In the middle of the quartet, you have a lead and a baritone that crisscross each other. So <clears throat> if you have two, you know, a quartet with uh, two women and two men, probably one of the women is the tenor on the high part. One of the women is either the baritone or the lead. Then you have a male singing the bass and a male singing baritone or lead. So you've got a female baritone, male lead, or vice versa. Those two parts cross over. So a lot of times you have the male voice singing above the female voice, and that can create a balance problem. So that's the issue. It takes a very special voices, especially the middle two, if you're singing in quartet uh, style with two men and two women. That's, that's the uh, challenge and the obstacle. You know, Sebastian, I'm also thinking that one of the, I would put barbershop quartet in the category of things that, and I would put poetry in this category too, and a lot of other things that I really like a lot that people think they don't like until they hear it, right? I mean, like if you just ask somebody, would you like to go to hear two hours of barbershop? barbershop quartet singing. They, they might well say no, but if you were to say, say sedate them and drag them there uh, and oh. they woke up there, they, no, but they would actually like it. I mean, and, and do you find that, that people, once they're confronted with the sound and the whole vibe of this, that they get turned on by it? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, David mentioned earlier about the history. It was always about harmonizing songs of the day. And as Karen pointed out, barbershop isn't a genre. It's a style. So we can put really modern songs into our style and then people go oh here's a style that's accessible to me i mean i I would call it the dave would say it's uniquely american music i'd say it's people's music because like you said it's you know it's about finding a melody that's easy to sing it's about lyrics that especially if you're not using popular music is you know they're timeless lyrics and people just go huh i like that um, Karen, are there specific challenges? I don't know if you, whether, whether you whipped that group into shape right there, but are there specific challenges to women singing barbershop style? Well, I think the, um, the resonance of the male voice makes um, the blending, I think, a little easier than the brilliance of the women's, the height of the women's voices. I think we are, in a way, have our tuning is more difficult Mm-hmm. Um, because of the clear tones of the high bro- the high notes, David would probably have a better way to explain that. Well, but D- I think, D- David, I'm even wondering whether numerically, mathematically, there's less of a distance between a w- woman's soprano and a woman's bass than there is between uh, a male high tenor and a ma- man's bass. There is. Male quartets have a little bit more range. Uh, uh, but to, uh, I think what Karen was uh, alluding to is the fact that also barbershop depends on overtones. Now, overtones uh, can be so high they're out of the audible range. The higher the four voices making the fundamental pitches are, the more overtones are out of audible range. So therefore, in the male range, there are more audible overtones. That makes it a little easier to tune. All right. I think I understood that. Um, well, we have to get out of here pretty soon, too. Um, we have, we, I should say, we are going to be going to a fun break, fundraising break pretty soon here. And one thing that I would say to you 
first of all, we should get some people up at the mic so they can kind of sing us out. And like, maybe just can you all tag out together or something or do something? Uh, meanwhile, I've got to say, uh, you know, we do crazy things here. And uh, this is a crazy thing today. We've got um, eight singers running around singing and rehearsing out in the hallways. And, and, and I don't know, not too many other people, not too many other shows would do this. I was, I'm lucky to have a guest producer, Deb Timms, this week who's helping us out during the paternity leave of Jonathan McPants, uh, who can make this happen. So if you can make this happen, uh, the way you would do that would be by supporting what we do, by calling the number that you hear when these people go to the break. You can start doing some musical things right now, and I'll just keep, keep talking out to it. But thank you so much. If you like this, if you like what you're hearing here, listen to the nice people who are going to ask you to support the Colin McEnroe Show. Okay, it's time to do the credits. Can I get a hum? Hum. Today's show is produced by ragtime gal Deb Timms with help from Betsy with the light brown hair, Kaplan, and me, Kyone Wolf. Our intern is Kayla Thomas, who's starting to realize we were lying when we said there would be a Rihanna cover. The part of Bill Curry was played by Sweet Georgia Brown. Are they still singing? All I asked them to do is hum. On tomorrow's show, Taking Religion Into the Streets. And now, back to the barbershop. Okay, guys, you can cut it out now. All right, so um, we are talking about barbershop singing, about barbershop barbershop harmonies. Uh, one thing that I was told, it was pointed out dur- to me during the break is that uh, like Sebastian Massa, Kyone Wolf is a graduate uh, of Farmington High School, and she was never told to say no to drugs or to acapella singing and consequently drifted into both. Uh, I guess it's just not a warning that they offer at Farmington High School. So uh, that explains a lot, uh, but we have a lot of people for you to meet here, and, and we're kind of trying to introduce you a little bit more into this uh, world of this uh, very interesting style. So um, maybe, uh, and by the way, so we brought a few other different people up to the mic here, uh, and I've totally confused myself, but I'm pretty sure Linda Cupson is sitting right opposite me. Uh, Karen Sweeters is still uh, here at the mic, and also uh, Eric Halpern, uh, who, uh, who, when our producer asked, what do you do for a living? You said you're a mild-mannered actuary? Yes, I uh, mild-mannered actuary by day. Intrepid barber shopper by night. Do you actually have a phone booth where you put the striped <laughs> shirt and the boater on? Do you like run into a phone booth and like make an excuse and whip off your glasses? And okay, so I get it. I understand. Um, so and and I wanted to um, talk to uh, you. To I'm sorry, I'm totally mixed up about who I'm talking to. I want to talk to you, Linda, because you're you describe yourself as a barbershop brat. You were brought up by a sweet Adeline. I was yes. Yeah. So talk about that. Uh, it's just always been a part of my life. I have two siblings, and when I was a kid, my mom taught us all tags, and it just was my mother's chorus was, you know, 80 other mothers to me, and <laughs> there was a real family there. I started singing in a quartet with other daughters of women in the chorus when I was 13, and it's just a special way of life to me. You should probably explain what a tag is. It's a word that gets a thrown around. A tag is the end of a song, any song, really. It's just sort of the last sort of finishing touch. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tend to what we call woodshed, which is just sort of make up our parts and put a few people together and see how it turns out. All right. So one, I want to talk a little bit about the issue of repertoire. And we were talking about this during the break. And I'm going to get Karen and David uh, first to, to talk about it. Um, so I know that there has been – well, David, I'll start with you and then go to Karen. David, I know there has been at times some struggle within the world of barbershop singing, within uh, the, the, the BHS itself, about w- what people could sing. You know, at, at a certain point, some of the younger groups were coming along and wanting to do Surfer Girl or something like that. And then there were some, some people – I think there was even – a 
name for them? Kibbers? Uh, kibbers. You're a kibber? Oh, yeah. There's a self-identified kibber here. Uh, keep it barbershop. Maybe, David, you could talk a little bit about the tension over what's the acceptable repertoire. Or, but David's not here, so Karen's going to have to do that. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, talk about that. Well, I think uh, back in the day, yeah. um, the Barbershop Poverty Society was really, um, and actually the Sweet Adelines as well, was our competition numbers are the old straight barbershop songs. A lot of them were in the uh, early 1900s because they lend themselves more uh, with their melodies mm-hmm. to more barbershop interesting uh, arrangements. So in competition, we are encouraged to do the straight old uh, barbershop stuff, um, which is delicious chords and really wonderful singing. Um, as we as life goes on, mm-hmm. the young, you're right, the younger people have wanted to sing something new and not the same old stuff. And so I know that both of our organizations have had discussions uh, in the upper echelons about what do we allow, uh, what is appropriate for competition. And I think the men's organization, maybe Sebastian can answer that, but the women's organization um, has sort of held on that we want, we want to have more variety. Mm. Uh, Our score sheets used to say that 50% of your success was the kind of arrangement you've, you've chosen and now it's 30%. So you can sing other stuff, but it won't ring as easily or score as well for you. That's how we've chosen to do it. So if you want to sing, I only want to be with you and somebody to love and whatever, you can do that 363 days of, of the mm-hmm. year, 364. And then the other day for competition, you want to use something that is really going to make the most of our art form. So that's going to be more, let me call you sweetheart. Well, or... we don't, we don't. Those are really antiquated. We have other things that... What would be an example of a slightly newer thing that would be okay? Well, I would say that one of the big ones for a while was How Deep is the Ocean, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, minor harmonies in that which don't ring easily. You have to be a better singer to ring them. Crazy rock and roll or Irving Berlin. Right. Um, So it, it... I mean... So I know the guys are open, more open to more um, modern harmonies. Sebastian so is like literally bouncing he's, he's, up he's, and he's down. He's so excited about yeah, yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so, so Karen did mention that one of the uh, prime places that we draw our music from was like the early 1900s. We're talking about like 1930s. Uh, if the audience is familiar with like Tin Pan Alley, those kinds of songs, but also great American songbook songs work really well. So a lot of things that are done in jazz um, actually work really well in barbershop. Um, the other thing, just for the listeners that may not know or just want to connect some dots, um, Karen uses the word ring, and I've been holding back the, the urge to use the word ring. Ring is what David talked about when we're talking about overtones. When a chord's really locked together, mm-hmm. we get ring. We get overtones producing. Yeah. So just th- that's where that comes in. But from the uh, Maybe explain that a little bit more because just the term overtones may not mean anything to people. You're sort of saying that there's something that's greater than the sum of its parts that's happening. Right. It's, Physi- the, it's the physics of sound is yeah. what it is. Absolutely. It's you know, when, when four voices really lock into a chord. I mean, it's just absolutely 100% in tune. What ends up happening is it sets uh, other sound waves into motion at a higher frequency, usually another note that would be in the chord, just higher than those voices are. And so sometimes if it's done well, uh, people say, hey, were there five people singing? And it's no, there were four. We were just creating overtones. But Mm -hmm. I want to circle back to the music thing. Um, 
when we're talking about barbershop music, what David mentioned, uh, and I latch into as as a younger person who really loves his style, and really, I mean, I love the old songs. I'm the self-proclaimed uh, kibber yeah. in the room. Let's keep it barbershop. Correct. Yeah. Um, but David emphasized the, and I emphasize the harmonizing songs of the day. That's kind of the genesis of barbershop harmony. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I say, well, if we're looking at this now, should we not still be harmonizing songs of the day? Mm-hmm. There are just different songs today than there were then. So Karen's absolutely right. When we come to contests, things are a little stricter because mm-hmm. we do want to preserve uh, the old acronym for the Barbershop Harmony Society was a much lengthier acronym that it involved like or yeah, something. Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America Incorporated. But the main uh, letter there, two it's letters preservation. are... Yes, preservation, which is what our contest... Uh, people look at sometimes. And then I like to say the most important word is the E, encouragement, uh, encouraging more people to get out there and and sing this music. I think we do have David Wright back, and maybe we can talk a little bit with him about this tension. David, uh, you know, I'm not a barbershop quartet singer. If I were... I, and I were in a quartet, I certainly would be lobbying to take a Brian Wilson Beach Boys song like God Only Knows uh, and do it. I mean, so many of Brian Wilson's harmonies seem to derive from, well, they were listening to the Letterman and the four freshmen who were probably listening to barbershop quartets. Uh, you know, all of this seems to me to be kind of an unbroken chain. So, But but I do get the sense that there are, David, uh, some kibbers out there who are just saying, uh-uh, at least not in the competitions. Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, you have to understand everybody's notion of what the art form uh, uh, is, uh, is is what it was when they got into it. So, you know, barbershop's gone through various phases, and that's not anything new. Uh, if you listen to it from the 1960s, it doesn't sound like it did in the 1980s. The 1980s don't sound like the 2000s. The 1960s don't sound like the 1940s, and you can keep going back. So it's, it's like any kind of music. It undergoes transformation, but it, it's, it's maintained certain basic characteristics. You know, this melody in the second tenor, mostly singing chords that ring, uh, you know, having certain traditional embellishments. So, yeah, you can take a song from any era and make those things, apply those things to it. As a matter of fact, uh, as Sebastian pointed out, it, it's, it's, uh, Barbershop has always been contemporary music. When it was sung on the street corner in 1900, they were singing uh, songs that they knew. Uh, it, it's always sung, uh, been, uh, treated contemporary music, but it also treats old songs as well. So it's, it's, it's not any different today than it was in 1900. We like to sing songs that we hear that are recent songs. We also like to sing songs that are older songs. In 1900, they were singing Civil War songs, but they were also singing the Tin Pan Alley songs that were coming out, you know, and and they were buying the sheet music, too. So barbershop music can be applied to music of any era, as long as it satisfies some characteristics. You've got to have a melody that you can hang some harmony on. That's about the only criteria I can think of that's absolutely essential. I mean, I think it's worth noting that in the 1950s and 60s, barbershop quartets regularly performed on The Ed Sullivan Show, which was, if not the most watched, one of the most, the most watched television shows. It was where people found out about music, whether it was, you know, Frankie Valli or uh, Elvis Presley or, you know, whatever. So barbershop quartets were very much part of mainstream primetime uh, entertainment. And, of course, right around that time, The Music Man came out. The Buffalo Bills, who are, I believe, the, were the, the champion of one of these uh, national competitions, were actually in the Broadway show, the original Broadway 
Broadway show, right. I think so. They were champions from 1950, and the show, I believe, opened in 1957. Yeah, so, um, I mean, there was a little bit more exposure to it. I want to, before we uh, run out of time here, first of all, I want to say that we'll get information. For those of you who are out there thinking, wow, I want to do this. I want to stop doing what I'm doing right now, and I want to sing uh, Barbershop, or I want to sing in a chorus, or Sweet Adeline's whatever. Um, We'll get all kinds of information from these people. Put it up on our website, wnpr.org slash Colin, uh, so that you can find the page for this show and figure out how to completely change your life. But since we're doing that, I guess maybe one thing that might be interesting just uh, as we're uh, getting towards the end here, and Karen, I'll start over here with you, is, I mean, if somebody's listening and thinking, well, could I be a barbershop quartet singer? Like, what do you have to have to be a barbershop quartet singer? There are probably some people who think they can do it, but they really can't, and some people who think they can't do it, but they really probably could. Well, I would say to the women out there, um, if you have a low voice and you have lived in a sea of sopranoism all your life, Mm -hmm. this is the place for you (laughs) because we are always looking for contraltos or uh, women who can sing low. That is... uh, that's a real special thing for us. So if you think you haven't had a pretty voice because you had a low voice, you got to come check us out. The other thing I always tell people is if you can sing happy birthday to you and everybody knows that's what the song <laughs> is, then you have a good shot of giving this a whirl because it, we are an educational organization. We do teach you vocal production. We teach you a lot of things. And I tell people that if you love to sing, you you owe it to yourself to show up at a rehearsal and see if this is for you. If it's not for you, you've had a fun night. If it is for you, you've found something that will enrich your life for the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, I'm also thinking, though, uh, Eric, that for some people, the, 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 the scary part, the intimidating part would be holding notes in a complicated chord structure because people, people sing in the shower, people sing around the living room. They don't sing with three other people around the living room. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the great things about uh, singing a chorus. Um, is that in a chorus, you're singing four-part music, but you're singing it in a bigger group. It's a lot safer. Um, you don't how you're not all the way exposed on, on your own in that, in that uh, format. So you might want to start with the chorus and then move on uh, to the barbershop? That's quartet? right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That seems like a like, – how about uh, you? Do you, have, do you have some advice for people uh, thinking about doing this? Uh, I would just say what Karen said, come check it out and see. It's it's amazing what it feels like to be part of making harmony. It's very different than hearing it. And I can tell Sebastian has something to say. I think be prepared to have him be your master uh, from now on. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going dis- to uh, disappoint now. Uh, all I would say is I think that uh, society has gravitated away from people participating. And um, I appreciate the fact that you're going to put our information up there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people out there need avenues to express themselves. Music is a wonderful avenue, and most people can sing. I mean, Everyone was born with a voice, and we can all use it. And like Karen said, you know, Barbershop Harmony Society and Sweet Adeline's both very educational organizations. If you want to learn, mm-hmm. really it's a desire. If you desire to sing with other people and not just, you know, be at home or in a shower and actually get out there and, you know, sing for people. Yeah, get dressed first before you leave the shower. So, Please. Uh, let's get some people <laughs> up at the mic to just get us out of here. We're uh, heading towards a break here. So just uh, assemble at the mic and just start singing. Don't wait for me. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to just say that, first of all, I'm uh, very uh, grateful to, to Deb Timms who put this whole show together for us. She's not one of our regular producers, but she's a great producer. She's got the gift. And you guys can start singing whenever you're ready. And we're going to ask you, meanwhile, when you uh, get to the break here, the nice people in the room start asking you to support 
support the kind of insanity that we regularly do on the Colin McEnroe Show, make a pledge now while we're on the air, because it means that for some reason you actually think that we should be allowed to keep doing things like this. So don't let them stop us. You know they're going to try. I can't compare with my wife.